temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 97.1 FM Talk. Podcast. Uh, it is Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk, the final hour. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day today and every day. We are joined this segment by St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman. Steve, welcome to the show. Glad to be there, Joe. Uh, now, you had a summit uh, or participated in a summit on um, crime prevention explain what the uh, what the goal of this summit was well the goal of this summit was to explore uh, some theories uh, that have been put forward by Thomas Apt in a book called bleeding out which uh, we were provided a copy with and his basic theory is and this is important because uh, you know a lot of the, the, the a lot of the uh, debate here on crime is, you know, do we deal with the immediate problem and put people in jail, or do we deal with long-term problems that will make for more crime, less crime in the future? And uh, while I prefer the former rather than the latter, uh, what APT is trying to do is say we need to do both. Uh, in other words, we need to go ahead and provide assistance whether it's counseling or money or, or whatever, to people who would like to go straight. And he wants to recruit our cops to sort of be, what should we call them, uh, you know, pseudo-social workers, to go and try to, uh, to, to talk to these people and try to get them to go straight. And then, of course, if they don't, then we would use, uh, if the carrot doesn't work, we would use the stick. And... Um, Again, it's sort of a halfway house. I, I tell people the good news is we're not talking about defunding the police like some people in the city were a year or two ago. But now what they're talking to talking about is what I think is distract the police. If the police had, were doing a great job in their traditional job right now, I could understand giving them additional duties. But until we get crime under control, until we catch all the bad guys, until we solve at least half the murders, uh, I don't know why we would give the police officers an additional duty. Now, uh, as you said, this, this included uh, people from all around the region. What right now are the crime stats in St. Charles County? Oh, the crime stats in St. Charles County are very, are very, very low. And uh, the first thing they pointed out last week was that uh, that this is really about uh, St. Louis City County and St. Clair County, where 90 percent of the uh, of the crime exists. 
And actually, I think that might even might be selling us a little short. I think we're even a lot less than that. So what we're really talking about is a regional approach to a problem that's primarily in three jurisdictions. And the biggest problem, of course, is in the city. And again, if, if everything was fine down there, uh, you know, okay, then we can talk about giving the police an additional duty. But but right now, they're having a hard time doing what they're supposed to be doing. In fact, today's headline uh, above, the, you know, on, in the Post-Dispatch, which I'm not sure how many of your listeners read, but the, the headline today is basically that the city's fallen under 1,000 police officers. It used to be 1,200. Now we're under 1,000, and they're having a hard, hard time recruiting additional uh, police officers. I've asked uh, Thomas Apt how many more officers are going to have to be hired here, uh, first of all, to put the bad guys in jail, and secondly, to do all this social work. And are we going to hire police officers or are we going to hire social workers? Steve, it's Sue. Of course, I totally agree. Uh, and what do you think the chances of that are? Are we going to have to, is the city going to have to pay these police officers more? What is the key here? How do we well, get them? They're already paying them more. I mean, that's, that's the good, the good news here. I mean, what, two years ago, they were talking about defunding the police down there and it eventually got so bad this last year, the city's actually raised the, the police pay. But if you'll talk, you know, you talk to the union people down there or, or you, you talk to, uh, actual police officers, um, you know, if you had a choice between being a police officer there or in St. Charles County, which pays about the same, uh, you know, we appreciate our police officers out here. We work with them, not against them. We uh, try to support them in every way we can, but that's just not the case in the city where many people are, are hostile to the police. So I, I think, I don't know how you do it, but, but, in addition to paying them more, I think you need to make the, the job more, uh, what should I say, easier by, by, by letting people know, uh, people in the neighborhoods know that, hey, we're behind our police and we want to help them. Yeah, that would be a really, really good start. Uh, but as you say, if the problem in the city isn't taken care of, it does not help the region. So the fact, no. that, you know what I mean? It, it, Oh, yeah. It really is going to have to be focused on. And unfortunately, uh, the whole area, uh, you know, the whole area's problem is the city's problem. Well, and, you know, I mean, when the Cardinals are in the World Series or the Blues are in the Stanley Cup finals or even our new soccer team is in the playoffs. I mean, we're all very proud of St. Louis. Right. We see it. We see ourselves on TV and we think, boy, this is great. People around the country are going to think. St. Louis is a great place, and they do. But when they also see or hear about us being uh, a crime center and, uh, you know, number one, two, or three, depending upon who you're talking to, in murders uh, in the country, that it has the exact opposite effect. Uh, and, you know, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of people around the country, you know, when they think about moving to St. Louis, they don't understand that there's a lot of great places in this region, including St. Charles County and a lot of other uh, great places with very low crime. They just think about St. Louis and they think about crime and they don't even bother to look into all the good things that are happening elsewhere. So it, uh, it's a tragedy for the people in the neighborhoods, all this crime and, 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 and murder. 
And it's a it's a problem for us to the extent that some of those criminals are starting to make their way out into St. Louis County. And God forbid someday they'll they'll be out here in St. Charles if we are not ready uh, to deal with it. But the, the immediate problem, of course, is what you just suggested. And I confirmed. And that is our reputation is at stake here and we're going to rise and fall. With, with what kind of reputation the city of St. Louis has, because that's how people tend to look at the region. And, you know, we're doing great in St. Charles County, and we will for continue to do great for some time. But eventually, everybody in St. Louis County that wants to move to St. Charles will do it, and then we'll be no growth, just like the rest of the region. We've got to get the region moving. We've got to get people moving here, bringing their businesses here. And uh, the first thing we need to do is get rid of this uh, this bad reputation with crime. You know, Steve, you make an excellent point. As someone that is, you know, not in St. Louis, um, I, I, I have, I, I love the St. Louis Cardinals as a fan base. I'm a huge Mets fan, but I've always wanted to go see uh, the Mets play in St. Louis. Uh, but as you mentioned, you know, you hear the crime stats every year. The top five cities in St. Louis is always on there. And you're right. I mean, as someone who is not from Missouri, I don't consider St. Charles County or, or one of the other counties. I think, well, if I'm going to stay away, I'm going to stay away. And I think you bring up a, a great point, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people in the, in the country want to stay away from the region just because of the numbers that you're talking about. Well, you know what we call Mets fans in St. Louis, don't you? Oh, what's that? Pond scum. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, showing my age. I don't know. I don't know how old you are, but yeah, back in the '80s, yeah, that was a, that was a great rivalry. Well, that was a great rivalry. I missed the last uh, Mets World Series win by two years, so I have not oh, been alive. For, okay. I've only been alive for two uh, uh, four and one series losses. So uh, you're you're just a kid. <laughs> hey, Stu, you know uh, you were talking about you know we we're just talking about the uh, turning police into into social workers. You know when. 50 years ago, I was in college, and I was wanted to get a teaching certificate. And, of course, I was a history major, and I just wanted to take the, the minimum amount of education courses. But, you know, the education courses, what they were trying to do then is turn scholars, teachers, into social workers. Mm-hmm. And if you go to our schools today, I think our teachers are better social workers than they were 50 years ago. But I'm not sure they're better teachers. I'm not sure they know more about their, their subject matter. And I don't want to see the same thing happen to our law enforcement folks. You know, in St. Charles County, we, we, we deal with, uh, uh, we have something called CIT. It's Crisis Intervention uh, Team. And, and when we see uh, criminal, the criminal element that also has mental health issues, we bring in people from Compass Mental Health, and they come in after we secured the scene, and, and they work with these people. So there, there is cooperation with social workers now. But we, if, I don't want to turn our cops into social workers, and at the same time, they, they don't become as good as cops. Because when somebody's trying to break in your house at night, you want, a, you want a, a cop to show up, not a social worker. Well, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, Steve, uh, one more thing about the summit. You uh, had business leaders from the region. Uh, what was their uh, input to all this? Well, I tell you, I tried to call Jason Hall this morning. He wasn't there and he hadn't called me back. Uh, I, I think they're, they're, they ought to think a little bit more about this before they totally commit to it. And, you know, at, at East West Gateway, we're going to present it with a, uh, with a plan uh, to go ahead and kind of continue this whole project and a 
what I've heard is that these business organizations have already signed on. And boy, you know, I wish they would, uh, I wish they would think about it a little bit, what, what they're really getting into. Now, if we're going to do that, and, and I may not have, if, I, if I'm opposed to it, I may be in the minority at, uh, at East West Gateway, but who's, who's going to run it? Who's going to be in charge? Are we going to put a social worker in charge? Uh, more likely, we'd, we'd put a, some sort of academic, but it's going to be an academic that's never walked a beat as a cop. Is it, you know, w- w- what about who, who's really going to be in charge of this? Because, you know, APT himself says we got to be doing both at the same time. We got to be uh, making the streets safe, and then we got to be working trying to get people out of this life of crime. Well, I, I think that we got to do the, the first one first and the second one second. And uh, the people we put in charge of this, I just hope it's somebody with a good, solid uh, background and experience in law enforcement and not some ivory tower, uh, ivory tower scholar, uh, you know, who writes books about it. <laughs> I mean, that's Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It, it, it does seem a lot of people, like you said, they want to... I don't know if it's realistic, right? A lot of people's approach to crime, and, and this isn't just in St. Louis, this is nationwide. A lot of people, especially in major cities, their approach to crime, uh, in my opinion, it looks like it's leading to more crime, and it's not, really, um, it's not really stopping the problem as we see numbers up in certain places around the country. Well, once again, I mean, I, I hate to not recognize the fact that there's been progress here and that the people in the city aren't talking about defunding the police anymore. But... I'm afraid what they are talking about is distracting the police. And yeah. I think uh, that's, that may be almost as bad. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just sort of common sense. And I like to say, if we get, if we get the crime under control and then to start uh, worrying about, uh, you know, doing missionary work in criminal neighborhoods, uh, that's one thing. But right now, I think the most important thing is to, is to do the traditional job that police do. Yeah, Steve, I completely agree. I think it's counterproductive to try to change the lifestyle while the crime's still happening. You want to get one under control, um, and that's definitely not the case. Uh, hey, I, well, you I, know, 
Go on. You know, Joe, APT did, did a lot of research. One of the things they found out, two things, really. One, the average age of these people that are shooting, uh, both the victims and the shooters, is 31. So it's not a bunch of young kids. And, and most of them have had at least 10, uh, what should I say, 10 uh, experiences with uh, the police already. I mean, these are people who have a, a rap sheet, okay? Now, what that means is, you know, at some point around, they they perhaps have done time in, in, in jail, or they've at least been on probation and parole, and there's been, from the very beginning, uh, you know, from the very beginning, you know, th- this sort of approach works. Uh, you know where it works? It works in, in, in tight-knit families. It works in churches and synagogues that are very committed, you know, to working with people and bringing them along. It even works in some of our schools, okay? The problem is uh, we don't have any of those three things in some of the neighborhoods where the crime is the highest. So what you're going to ask the police to do is step in where the family, the church, and the school have all failed. And, and why would anybody think they would be uh, more successful uh, than the other three have been? So it's, uh, it's something that this needs a lot, of, lot more discussion before we make any uh, financial commitments to it. 100%. Hey, Steve, great catching up with you. I hope to talk to you again soon. All right. You guys have a Merry Christmas. You too. That is St. Charles County Executive Steve Elman on uh, the summit last week. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Dave Simmons. He is the host of KMOX Dollar and Cent Show. It's Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk. Uh, glad to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are on the line now with Dave Simmons. He is the host of KMOX Dollar and Cent Show. Dave, uh, happy Monday. Same to you, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Now, I saw this story this morning and uh, wanted to talk with you about it. It's from CNBC talking about how more retirement savers, so these are people who are not in retirement yet, are starting to take from their 401k accounts early, uh, suggesting the uh, people are feeling the pinch of inflation. Uh, Dave, number one, uh, taking from your 401k, is it a smart choice if in need of money? Well, it's a great question, and there are a lot of moving parts to that, Joe, but no, that should always, always, always be the last option because if you're under 59 and a half and you go in and you take money out of your 401k, not only are you paying tax on that, whatever your tax rate is, but the government's exacting a 10% penalty on that. So if you think about it, if you're normal American, you're 22, 24% tax bracket, plus you've got it here in Missouri, it's 6% state. Then you add 10%. I mean, you're getting close to 40% that you're losing on that, that you'll never get back, that is meant to be there to grow tax-deferred for really the rest of your working life. So what I always tell people, look, if you're desperate, just look for any other opportunity, any other source that you have. You know, figuratively, just turn over the, 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 the sofa cushions and look, because that's the last place. The only time you would ever want to pull money out of a 401k is really when, hey, if I don't access that money, my car is possessed or repossessed, <laughs> possessed too, perhaps, but, <laughs> but, but repossessed or, or whatever. But no, that, that's, that's rarely, if ever, a good idea. Now, Dave, but looking at how many people are, and you know, we're seeing an uptick this year 
in um, people from their 401ks. That is people feeling the pinch of inflation, right? I mean, this is suggesting, and I'm just guessing here, this is suggesting that people have maxed out their credit cards, so the next move is the 401k. Well, that's exactly right, because we've also seen the data where credit card debt has just now hit record highs. So it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is a bit of a bifurcated market uh, and economy, because we see that the numbers are doing well. The stock market has been doing well again, and people are still spending money. We see that in the data and all everything's supposed to be doing very well. But we know that there's a big chunk of Americans are saying, really, I don't see it because I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Inflation has taken its toll. The increase in my wages at work, if I even received any, have not kept up with inflation. So it's a relatively small group, but it's one that really should not be ignored. And I think that's what's happening. And of course, that has political ramifications, as we're seeing in some of the polls. But really, to your point, Joe, that's exactly right. It's inflation more than anything else. And we see that in the data from both people now pulling out 401k money uh, a huge percentage. The, the, what I've seen is like a 27% increase in the number of people who are accessing 401ks compared to last year. That's huge and cannot be taken lightly. And then, of course, um, those folks who are also uh, just really having a, a, a real uh, problem and struggle to stay up with this inflation. Now, Dave, say you are one of those people, right? You pulled from your 401k when things were just, as you said, maybe your possessed car was getting possessed. Uh, What's the best thing to do once you're back on your feet? Well, see, if if really that is the only pot of money that you have, and this isn't, well, I want to take money out of my 401k because I want to take a vacation. Bad idea. But if it really is, hey, I'm going to lose my car, or I just got to turn on the lights, you know, I'm behind paying my utility bill and they're going to shut everything down. If that's the case and your only access to money is the 401k, then you go to your employer and a lot of times employers will have loan provisions where, yes, you will take money out, but then to avoid penalties, you'll still have to pay some tax, but to avoid that 10% penalty, they'll have loan provisions where over time they will just take a little bit of money out of each paycheck and pay that back. I don't have a major problem with that. Again, if it's if you're in desperate mode and most companies thankfully do have some kind of loan provision. Speaking of loans, speaking of credit cards, speaking of taking from your 401k, uh, so that's the, the one thing. What's something else you look at to look at the health of the economy when it comes to, as you said, people living paycheck to paycheck? What, what are the other rates that you look at to see, okay, this is, uh, this is an economy where people are really feeling inflation or, hey, people are actually doing a little bit better? Well, two-thirds of our economic growth, in fact, it's a little bit more than two-thirds, it's close to 70%, is consumer spending. So you start there. You look at the data and the trend lines, for example, at restaurants. You look at people going to Taylor Swift concerts and paying $1,000 for a ticket. You look at cruise lines. You look at airlines. And I got to tell you, Joe, these numbers are really strong. And that's why I talked about this somewhat bifurcated market economy. It's really interesting. I know that people like to talk about the haves and have-nots. But, man, it really seems like the gap has strengthened post-COVID, where as the economy has rebounded in a big way and everyone just couldn't wait to get out of their 
cave of their home and live again and spend all this money, and it has brought the economy up with it. There was a, a, a certain segment of America that was sort of left behind in that. And those are the folks who are being pinched by inflation, and those are the folks who are accessing their, uh, their 401k. But if you look at it in a general sense, Howard, because you asked about the data and other things that I look at as, this, uh, as a financial planner type, I will look at retail sales, and I will look at restaurants, and I will look at all that. I, and I got to tell you, overall, the economy actually is doing remarkably well, better than I would have expected this year. So you look at that 62% of Americans, according to CNBC, are living paycheck to paycheck. Do you think a good number of that, I'm not going to say a majority, but a good number of that are people who just aren't mature enough to save? Well, I don't think that that would be a fair comment. I think you're always going to have that to some degree, yes. there. But you bring up a great point, and it's this. And I've always said if I were king for a day, I would make financial education a priority. Seriously, if if I had any say in this, because when you're in school, let's say in high school or whatever, we all have the basics, right? Reading, writing, arithmetic, all that stuff. Don't get rid of that. Keep all that. But somehow, somewhere, someplace, we've got to include mandatory financial class. What's the one thing that you, that all of us, I don't care what skill you have. I don't care what job or career you go into. What is the one commonality that we'll all have to know something about when we get older? And that is, how do you budget? How do you put money aside? What is a 401k? What's a Roth? How do I save for retirement? What, what should be my income sources when I am in retirement? And it, it's amazing to me. I've been in this business for 30 years. And the lack of education, it's not necessarily anyone's fault, but there's no place along the line as we, as we went through school and through college that this was mandated. And I think it should be. So it gets to your point about people not really knowing what to do. It's because we've just kind of set up an economic and educational society where we have not put any real uh, interest on it, I guess. We've not put um, any emphasis on it. And I think that needs to change. All right, Dave, I'm going to ask you a question that you're probably sick of getting. uh, But I'm a millennial, and these are the kind of questions that I ask. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. It has seemingly been back on the rise lately. Uh, how do you read this? You know, um, I've, I've said from day one, I'm agnostic on it. I really am. Um, I've never recommended it. But at the same time, I've never told anyone, oh, you'd be stupid to invest in it. Because I don't personally see the utility of it. I don't see yet the purpose of it. There is a ton of fraud embedded in that entire industry. Yeah, we we see the headline cases of like a a Sam Bankman Freed and others, but there is no regulation, and it is the Wild West. It's like the stock market pre-Great Depression, and it took a Great Depression to see – to unmask all the fraud that was happening on Wall Street, and then we had the Securities Exchange Commission and other organizations – founded for that. Well, it's the same thing in Bitcoin. So I say buyer beware. And if you do want to engage in that, look at it as gambling and 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 say, I'm only going to invest a small portion of my money. It is, I cannot believe it, Joe, when I see these stories and read these stories. And these are people my age, 60s and older, who are putting half of their life savings into it because they saw that Tom Brady said it was a good idea. 
or, or, or one of the Kardashians. I'm like, are you kidding me? And and they've they've lost half their savings. So that would that's what I would tell you. If you want to engage in it, I have no problem with it. I'm agnostic. I don't know if it's going to be worth two hundred thousand or go to zero. But just make sure that if it does go to zero, it's not impacting your life. Dave Simons from the KMOX Dollar and Cent Show. Dave, thank you so much for joining me. All right, Joe. Have a good evening. Thanks, you too. Uh, when we come back, final segment, it is Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon. And before we go to break, uh, don't forget 97.1 Talk. I'm sorry, 97.1 FM Talk, along with our five other Odyssey St. Louis stations, is once again proud to partner with generous community supporters to raise funds through the SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Tree of Hope campaign. All this week, listen to the Mark Reardon Show to hear specific, I'm sorry, special interviews with local doctors, nurses, patients, and their families who have a story to share about all the great work being done at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. And again, don't forget, Mark Reardon will be back tomorrow. We'll be back after this. I guess final segment, Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon. Mark will be back tomorrow. He'll be joined uh, right off the bat at 325 with Bill O'Reilly and other great guests. So make sure you tune in tomorrow starting at 3 p.m. right here on 97.1 as uh, Mark Reardon is back. So, you know, it is two weeks away from Christmas. And uh, this year for me, a very special Christmas for two reasons. Uh, Number one, the first uh, Christmas for my son. So excited for that. Uh, as he'll be, he's going to be seven months in six days. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's flown by. It has absolutely flown by. So happy for that. Happy to, uh, have his first Christmas. We got our Christmas tree up, you know, we've had it up for like a month. We got him that Fisher price Christmas tree that apparently is on every, every kid's list. That's adorable. Uh, so we've got that. And Christmas for us is going to be special this year because when we break down Christmas, it'll be into moving boxes because we are moving uh, right in the first of the year. Not the best time in Buffalo to move, oh. January. Ooh. <laughs> Why are we moving? Uh, more space. So we're, okay. moving, we're right. moving out of our apartment into a townhouse with uh, three rooms. So I get my junk room back, which I've missed <laughs> since my, my son was born. So happy to have that back. And an attached garage, which will be great in the morning. Oh, instead huge. Of That's walking huge. Walking across the parking lot. So really happy about the move. Um, but another reason that will be a special one is because, you know, I didn't really, we didn't really get Christmas here in Western New York last year. Um, the blizzard, we were oh, I was stuck right. in this very studio that I'm broadcasting from. Um, you know, we had people that were stranded in their cars uh, overnight. We uh, sadly lost uh, 47 people here in Western New York. So uh, the weather, by the way. We're not getting out of the 40s. I mean, it's not only not going to snow, we might have rain on Christmas Day here in western New York. But um, obviously remembering uh, last year, but being able to get back to those Christmas traditions here in western New York. So I'm really excited for uh, Christmas 2023, a lot of uh, special things. And the traditions, like my parents throw, I think, the best Christmas Eve party in America. Now, I have nothing to compare that to because I've gone to that party for 35 years. <laughs> well, huh. I'm sure none is better, Joe. I'm sure that's true. I keep telling myself that. But excited for that. Excited, as I said, for Christmas Day will be great. Uh, what do you guys, what's, what's your big Christmas plans? What do you guys do two weeks from today? When you said Buffalo, it reminded me that last year uh, we were there, Mike and I were there just before that blizzard hit. We were touring that Frank Lloyd Wright house and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, So I'm just happy to be home with the tree up and the dogs. That's pretty much it. 
That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Abby, what are you doing on Christmas? My older sister lives in Portland, so she comes home for Christmas, and that's what I look forward to every year. I love it when she comes home. Yeah. That's great. Christmas mm-hmm. homecoming. You know, I used to, I don't do this anymore, I used to Christmas, you know, spend Christmas Day with the family and then Christmas night go to the local bar and uh, run into everyone from high school. Mm. But uh, I don't do that anymore. I, I probably haven't done that for a few years. But that was, uh, I, that, I just, anything, I, I love Christmas. And you know what else I love? That week between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, the dead week, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, let's be honest. I mean, obviously, we are working 100% here. Um, but... There are people who December first, they go fifty percent mode until January, you know, twentieth. Oh, that is one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> For some I mean, people, it's until spring. Yeah, right. <laughs> until, until spring training, they find they finally find their their way to work. But um, uh, I I love this time of year, and I'm a huge college football fan. So bowl season, uh, Missouri's playing Ohio State yeah. on the 29th. That'll be a big game in the Cotton Bowl. My beloved Hokies are finally in a bowl again. They're in the military bowl on the 27th. Nice. Uh, we got the, the stretch of Bills games. They've got two more home games this season. Maybe three. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll Fingers see crossed things, for you. We'll see if things work out. But, you know, this is probably my last uh, fill-in of the year uh, here in St. Louis. And, and I just want to say it has been awesome. Uh, you know, I did my first fill-in uh, for Mark Reardon in April. And I signed off and said, well, they're never going to want me back again. That was awful. And (laughs) continue to get uh, called in. And it's been, I have really appreciated every opportunity. I love working with you guys. I hope I make that obvious. Um, And, you know, it's personally for me to be able to expand my radio career. Because this is what I want to keep doing. And I always tell myself, if you have a ton of jobs, you can't lose them all. So... (laughs) Well, that's one way to, you know what? Not a bad plan. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I hope to be able to uh, continue to do fill-ins here. I, 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 I love when I get the emails and I'm able to um, say yes to filling in. And I'm hoping next year for a fill-in to use some of my Southwest points and uh, do, uh, do a show from the actual St. Louis studios. I well, think that that'd be, be fun. Really Come on fun. down. Mark another uh, state off my list because I have been just north of Missouri. I have been just south of Missouri. I have not been in Missouri. So it would be good to add that to the map. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, come on down. I will. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, uh, I'm going to make a lot of plans for next year, and if I can hit 50% of them, it'll be better than the last 35 years. There you uh, go. <laughs> now to uh, the cut of the day. This was a heavily promoted, uh, but let's uh, get to the cut of the day. Stand by. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. They were promoting the heck out of this interview during NFL games on CBS yesterday, if you watched any of the uh, doubleheader. And it was Novak Djokovic, who, you know, uh, well, I'm going to let him say what he says, and then I'm going to uh, comment on it. This is clip 14, Novak Djokovic, last night on 60 Minutes. I was basically declared as a villain of the world. Had... Basically, yeah, most of the world against me. People try to, you know, declare me as an anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. No, I'm pro pro-vax. I'm 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 pro freedom to choose. Isn't that there? Sense? You go. Isn't that common sense? I yes. Mean, for three years, if you say anything like, "No, you know what? I didn't get vaccinated," or "You know what? I'm not getting the booster shots," you are labeled anti-vax. Here's the thing. Make your own decision, yes. right? 
And when I say something, I'm last time I checked, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I have my opinions, you know. Um, and like Novak Djokovic said, he made his uh, opinion. Uh, you know, uh, he medically made his speaking, choice. right? Yeah, medically speaking, let's be honest. Novak Djokovic, COVID's probably not going to hit him hard, right? I mean, let's be honest. So he's so right. Anyone, we saw it with Aaron Rodgers, Cole Beasley. Uh, we saw it throughout the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, the MLB. Anyone who didn't take the uh, vaccine, they were labeled an anti-vaxxer and made out to be a villain. I'm glad Novak Djokovic said it, but Sue, I'm actually surprised that 60 Minutes didn't cut that from the interview. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. And that is our audio, audio cut of the day. And that is the show uh, again. Thank you so much. This has been uh, one of the highlights of my year. Obviously, my son has been number one. Uh, but number two has been being able to fill in here uh, in St. Louis, expand my career. Uh, and, and I hope to be able to continue doing it in 2024. And just thanks to everyone back there at 97.1. I, I really do enjoy um, these films. I love working with you guys. It's a great crew. And uh, hopefully we continue in 2024. And Maybe even do a show in St. Louis. That'd be great. Merry Christmas, Jim. Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, hope it's a great one two weeks from now. But it's the whole season. Uh, hope it's a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. And I will see you back here in 2024, hopefully. Mark Reardon and everyone else, Sue, Abby, Fred, we'll see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock as Mark returns here on 97.1 FM Talk. Merry Christmas. Talk to you soon. Get more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.